up, you guys? I'm the Sideline Statsman, and welcome to today's episode of the Pigskin Pulpit. I know we've been on break for a couple weeks, but I'm telling you, we're back and we're better than ever. Let me tell you, man, college work is not easy. I just had to finish doing a 15-page paper for one class, and it just was not fun. I mean, I don't really... I think the teachers are doing too much, man. They're doing too much to try and make up for all the work they're not doing in class. But again, it's not my place to talk about it. All I gotta say is, I'm back, and I'm ready to give it my all once again, now that I've gotten it out of the way, and I've gotten through the worst of of it. So today I've got, for my show, I've got, for you, three topics. We're gonna address those Odell Beckham Jr. rumors right away, and try to figure out what went wrong there. We're gonna take a look at the Dolphins, and see... Which is the better quarterback for them, Tua or Justin Herbert? And finally, we're going to pick three teams that are most likely to trade their pick at some point during the draft. Next week, starting on Monday, you're going to start getting a series. You're going to see the pigskin pulpit for about four days in a row leading up to the draft because we're going to give you some shows to try to keep your mind engaged with the NFL draft. I want you guys to know everything you gotta know, and I'm gonna go over my mock draft at one point with you guys so you understand where I'm standing. I'm also gonna hold, I'm also gonna ask you guys to ask me questions through Twitter and on Instagram. Just DM me, I'll read your questions and I'll take them and I'll put them into an episode and I'll answer your questions, whatever you have. Otherwise, let's just get it started. Odell Beckham Jr., man. I don't know who broke that news about Odell Beckham Jr. to the Vikings, but they were so wrong. It's not even funny. Odell Beckham to the Vikings is not possible. However, I can clarify something. I woke up to this news coming out of New York, and I really didn't like and I didn't trust the source. So I had a makes a couple calls, talk to a couple people to get more information on this and see if something happened. So I'll give you a quick rundown here and I'll explain to you what happened. He got the news wrong. It's not that it was happening or that they were discussing it. It was that the Vikings had mentioned the idea privately. The Vikings privately mentioned the idea of trying to make a run for Odell Beckham Jr. with a second and fifth round pick. Obviously, it's not true that they actually talked to the Cleveland Browns, but the idea was mentioned. We all know that Odell Beckham Jr. is not up for grabs or available for trade offers with the Browns. That does not mean that they didn't consider it. It doesn't mean that the Vikings didn't talk about it. It just means they didn't discuss it with the Browns. The Vikings could have made the next step, even though it was unlikely they were going to get anything out of the Browns. So this raises a really good question. If they were to put Odell Beckham on the trading block, where would he go? There's three teams I have in mind. But before we look at them, we got to also address that the Vikings were going to offer a second and fifth round pick. That's just horrible. It's horrible. That's not the offer you want to give for a player like that. I know he had a down year, don't get me wrong, but that doesn't deny his talent, his ability to change games, just like that. All it takes is one pass, and he's going to change the entire momentum of the game. So, for that kind of player, you're at least giving up a first-rounder 
And then from there, I would probably give up a fourth or third rounder. A first and a third for Odell Beckham Jr., straight up. He's not worth the second and fifth. He's worth more. But now, let's look at some teams that could be great suitors for Odell if they make him available. Right off the bat, I'm going with the Eagles. Now, I know you New York fans got really upset about that because I said Philly, and you guys hate Philly, just like you hate Boston. But it's also important to note that the Eagles are very much in need of a wide receiver. They have Alshon Jeffrey. They've got Deshaun Jackson. They've got Greg Ward. They've got J.G. Arcega-Whiteside. they got a lot of guys. But none of them are severe impact players. And don't anyone try to tell me that Deshaun Jackson's an impact player. The dude's injured more than he's on the field. So, in my book, if you're off the field more than you're on it, you are not uh, reliable, trusted. You're not even a top receiver in the league. I don't care about your speed. You just are not. You're not a reliable receiver. You're not my trusted receiver. You're not a star receiver. Which brings me to my point. Odell Beckham coming to this team changes everything. Him with Greg Ward and Alshon Jeffrey sounds great. But in order to get this deal done to help Carson once, you're going to have to trade the injury prone. And that would mean Deshaun Jackson. So if I'm the Eagles, I'm trading Deshaun Jackson a second-round pick for Odell Beckham. You do a wide receiver swap, you get a second-round pick that helps you dive deeper into the draft. It's an early pick still, and you can grab a receiver that has a lot of upside, a lot of potential early on. That could be someone like LaVisca Chenault from Colorado. It could be Maybe if he falls, Denzel Mims from Baylor. You got Van Jefferson from UF. And don't forget, Jalen Rieger from TCU. He's got incredible speed. That guy could be really dangerous on the right team. And I think the and I think the Browns could be the right team for that. Especially in underneath routes. He has the burst, he has the breakaway speed, I think, similar to that of Tyreek Hill. He'd give him a run for his money. So Jalen Rieger, I would definitely consider in this. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I think the Eagles would get a big payoff with Odell, and I think the Browns would get an extra pick that can help fill that extra need at wide receiver or at a different position. Another idea we can keep in mind? How about the Indianapolis Colts? The Indianapolis Colts are very much in need of a receiver. They're desperate. T.Y. Hilton is their only receiver. Don't you try to tell me that Paris Campbell counts as a receiver because he did absolutely nothing last year, and he needs to step up for me to actually classify him as a big piece of that offense. And then Zach Pascal, I'll give him the benefit, but he's a, he's meant to be in the slot, not a wide receiver too. He's not meant to be on the outside. He's supposed to be in the slot. But okay. I think getting Odell Beckham to work with T.Y. Hilton and keeping Pascal in the slot, perfect. I think it really helps out, and it'll give some assistance to Phillip Rivers. Now what would they give up? No draft picks. They wouldn't give up any draft picks, but they would have to give up Okariki, who is the outside linebacker for them. And I really want to make sure that Bobby Okariki goes to a team that really, really needs him. And I think the Browns could really use him. They're missing something at the outside linebacker position. I think he could fill that role that they're trying to fill. They were going to look for it in the draft. I think he will give a temporary fix for that spot. 
And then on top of that, Mo Cox. I know they got a loaded tight end room, but I think it's really cool if they could somehow get Mo Cox in there. It's a nice third string who can back up Hooper and Njoku in the event one of them gets injured because you know Njoku's injury prone. So, you know, it's important to have somebody like Mo Cox as a backup, as like an insurance. So I think that trade would really work out for both teams. And a lot of potential could come out of it for both sides. And then finally, the most outside-the-box idea I could come up with is the Green Bay Packers. Think about it. Devontae Adams and Odell Beckham Jr. catching passes from Aaron Rodgers together. That's a team that would probably be a Super Bowl favorite out the gate. I think the Packers having OBJ would be great, but the only thing that would suffer is the trade. The Packers would have to give up their first-round pick, which I know they don't want to do, but they would have to for Odell and Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari fills a role they need. They need a spot filled at the tackle position on the left side. It's a little weak right now. They need someone to work with Conklin. I think Bakhtiari, although he's older, fills the spot. And it actually helps Baker out a lot. And I think it would really work out for the Browns. Cleveland becomes a contender immediately. Plus, with that extra first-round pick, they can now use that pick to get another receiver. You can use it to add to the offensive line. You could add another safety. You can grab a cornerback to go with greedy, greedy there. And then you could also do, if you have to, you could also look back into the linebacker position. You could look to the defensive line, get somebody off the edge to replace Olivier Vernon. I think there's a lot of possibilities out there. And getting that first-round pick is essential to starting that, on top of getting Bakhtiari. And then the Packers, just think about it, man. Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Devontae Adams, OBJ, catching passes from Aaron Rodgers with the backfield consisting of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I like it. I like it a lot. I don't know about you guys, but I think that works out really well for the Packers. Immediately, if that happens, they're going to win the NFC North. They might be a Super Bowl team right away. And that's all I can say for OBJ. OBJ's best options are Eagles, Colts, and Packers if he were to be traded. But shifting gears now, I do want to look at the Dolphins. Because the Dolphins general manager, who you may or may not know, Chris Greer, went on a teleconference to talk about draft plans, and he got into an interview with ESPN, to where they asked him about the preference at quarterback. Would you rather want Tua, or would you rather want Justin Herbert? And he goes, they're both interesting kids. That's one way to sum it up. I've gotten to know both of them through this process. They're really good people. That's called being neutral. They're both very talented players. Both have won a lot of games. They're both intelligent players and winners. I think it's proven that way. I think two was more of a winner. But it's not about what I think. It's about just looking at the facts. The Dolphins should pick two attack of Alola. But I don't know if that is what they're going to do. So let me break it down for you. I think the most obvious pick is Tua. That's who I would go with. That's obvious. I think that's what they're going to end up doing. And the reason why is because he's more complete and he has minimal flaws in his game. The only question mark has been his health the entire time. We don't know how that leg is going to hold up. We don't know how the ankle is going to hold up. We don't know how the knee is going to hold up. And on top of that, he looks a little stiff down low, so he's dealing. He's still trying to loosen up. He might be loosened up by the time by the time training camp comes around, 
but I can't 100% guarantee that. It's a risk they would have to take. Now, my other fear is that with taking Tua, his talent's going to get misused in the system, but he is the better choice. He's the better choice talent-wise, and my only fear is he's going to get misused, it's going to lead to more injuries and ruin his career. Otherwise, to fit their system, I think it would be Justin Herbert. Herbert would be the best pick to fit their system. However, I think he doesn't have the same level of decision-making and playmaking as Tua. Tua has the ability to extend plays and make and make decisions that keep them alive and win games. I don't see that with Herbert. Herbert has a lot of talent, don't get me wrong. But I don't think he does the things that Tua does. And as long as Tua stays healthy, that's the right pick. 100%. That is the right pick. So, I think the only issue, again, is health with Tua. And then for Herbert... His, I don't like the decisions he makes. Everything he does, I have a question mark about. But, again, I think the Dolphins do end up taking Tua. It's a smart pick. I'm just hoping that they don't use him in the wrong way. Which now brings me to the final topic, which is teams most likely to trade their pick. Teams most likely to trade their pick, yeah. So, there's three teams I could list here. But I'm also going to go over other teams that you might want to watch for. I think the Patriots might try to consider making a trade that could actually help them at the quarterback position. They might do a trade for a tight end, but that would be in the later rounds. If you're talking about in the first round, the only reason the Patriots would move up is to go get an offensive lineman or go get a wide receiver or maybe even an edge player because there is yet our gross models on the board. You've got Julian Aquara is on the board. You've got um, A.J. Epineza. Chase Young isn't even possible unless you actually trade them Julian Edelman to the Redskins. And then, besides that, I think the only other team I would consider as honorable mentions to watch for is Tampa. I would watch out for Tampa. There's a possibility they might trade up to get a better offensive lineman, but right now, it looks like they're probably going to end up with Andrew Thomas or Mackie Becton. Becton, I think, is a better choice, but Thomas is not bad as well. So I would watch for Tampa in the event they decide to do that. Another team probably to keep an eye out for, Chargers might try to trade up. If the Chargers try to trade up, keep an eye out because they are going to try and steal Tua. And then the Miami would be stuck with Herbert. So there's always that possibility if they can pull off a trade with Detroit which I don't know if they'd want to do because that puts them in a tough spot for cornerback. That drops Jeff Okuda down, and there's a chance now that the Giants take him to go with Bradbury. On top of that, besides all of that, here are the three teams I think have the best chance when it comes to trade. Who is most likely to trade? Let's start out the gate with the most obvious, the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons are pretty much locked in to get a trade. Now, I can't explain to you why. I don't want to go into reasonings, but from what I've been hearing around the league, the Falcons are definitely going to try to trade up. I can't tell you who it's going to be with, but I will say the Falcons are going to trade into the top 10. I can't tell you with who. That I have to withhold that information until it happens. But the Falcons are going to try to trade into the top 10. And if they can't get it done, well, 
It'll be shocking. So I know that I know the Falcons are going to make the trade. But here's why. They want to make the trade up because they lost Desmond Trufant. They took Desmond Trufant and they released him. Now they don't have a cornerback. They don't have a strong core. They need somebody to make a step up. And in this draft, you're going to see a lot of corners rise. Christian Fulton was a high, was supposed to be a first-round pick, um, a high first-round pick, until they started noticing there was a couple inconsistencies and they and he started dropping a little bit. C.J. Henderson currently is the second-best corner behind Jeff Okuda. Okuda is pretty much a lock to go to the top five, whether it's the Giants or Lions. And when it comes to Henderson, there's a lot of people saying it'll be the Jaguars who take him at ninth. So you've got to look carefully into what teams are going to try to make the run and who can you cut in front of. Basically, who, which team are you going to trade with that's in front of them so you can steal them? And I don't know who that would be unless they try to make a trade with the Cardinals. I don't think it's going to happen with the Cardinals, but the Falcons are going to try to make a trade to the top 10 to try to beat out the Jags, for sure. In this case, I think the best pick they're going to go for is C.J. Henderson. C.J. Henderson is a great corner coming out of Florida. I've, I like him most for his man coverage skills. He is phenomenal at man. It's unbelievable what that kid can do. He's also very fast. So I, would, I, would, I like his speed as well. His speed is good. I like his recognition. He reads the plays very well. C.J. Henderson is going to be an immediate impact player for the Atlanta Falcons if they make the trade up. On top of that, I think the Falcons really are looking to find pieces to help complete the puzzle. They lost a lot of guys in free agency, and they're trying to keep on track so they can compete because now the Bucks got Brady, the Saints got Breeze back, and they added Emmanuel Sanders on top of that. And then the Panthers got rid of Newton to get Teddy Bridgewater, and then they are slowly upgrading their defense despite losing Luke Keekley. So... Although, you're going to see a Panthers defense break down, so the Atlanta Falcons need a defense that's going to shut down their offense. So adding somebody at cornerback is going to lock down DJ Moore. It's important. Going up against Tampa Bay, you're going up against Tom Brady, you're going up against Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cameron Braid, O.J. Howard, if you're still going to be on the team. You're going up against Ronald Jones. There's a lot of options for them out there. Scotty Miller. I know you guys don't know Scotty Miller. He was a rookie last year, played in the slot position as a backup, but still. There's a lot of weapons on that team. They can use anybody. You adding one corner, one good corner, even if he's a rookie, changes the game and puts you in a good spot to help keep games close. The Bucks defense has a hard time taking down the Atlanta Falcons game. They cannot take down Julio, and they can't take down Calvin Ridley. They have a hard time with that. So the important thing is to make sure that you get you keep your defense, you keep the Bucks offense down. And that's what the Falcons are going to try to do. Let's now look at the Saints. The Saints are the other team. Saints, offense, supercharged. They've got trick plays out the wazoo. I'm telling you, it's going to probably take a strong cornerback to take them down. So I would probably sign a corner who's a free agent right now. Couldn't name one to you offhand. And then I would definitely look into... Signing, drafting somebody, drafting C.J. Henderson adds a lot of help. They can take he can take care of business with Emmanuel Sanders or Michael Thomas, and I would trust him to do it well. Either way, the Falcons need a corner, and trading up is their best option to get someone worth value. Otherwise, based off their spot, they're stuck with an edge rusher. 
which would be uh, Clavon Chasen. Let's go to the next team. The Seattle Seahawks are my next team I think are going to make a trade. This has been said for a while now. It's been out there. The Seattle Seahawks really don't have anybody to go for. They're, like I'll explain it in more detailed terms so you guys understand it better. The Seattle Seahawks are sitting at spot number 27. They're sitting at the 27th pick, and by the time you get to that pick, all the talent you're looking for is gone. The edge rushers are gone, which you're going to need to fill Jadavion Clowney's void. The only thing you probably go for there is wide receivers. But at that position, why would you go for a receiver and go for a reach at that, at that draft pick, at that spot? It makes no sense. So the smartest thing to do is for the Seahawks to trade down and build value in the second round. You trade with somebody to get back in the first round, so watch out for the Texans. I'm telling you, watch out for them. They might trade in to go get a running back. The Seahawks trade out into back into the second round. Now they have two second round picks to work with. So now the Seahawks can now get somebody else that will hit both needs. You get another edge rusher, and then you get a wide receiver at the same time. So now you got somebody to work with Metcalf and Lockett. And then you've got a, a, a guy at the edge position who has a lot of upside. I think it works out for them. It's a good idea, and I think it works. Now, if the Seahawks don't trade the pick, I see the Seahawks possibly taking Yetter Grossmatos at the edge position, or it's going to fall to Julian Okwara. One of the two at the edge. But at wide receiver, I see Justin Jefferson, nobody else. Justin Jefferson from LSU. Really good receiver, really talented. I think he's going to make an immediate impact the time by the time he reaches Seattle. And I keep hearing the name Justin Jefferson pop up with Seattle. So if they don't trade the pick, they're probably taking wide, the wide receiver. They're probably taking the LSU guy. But it's important to note that the Seahawks are looking into a trade. I know they are. And I can guarantee you that. Now, the final team I'm going to mention is the Denver Broncos. Because if you guys didn't get the reports, the Denver Broncos are discussing with the Browns a possible trade to get into the top 10. So let me put this into terms here. Denver's receiving core consists of Deshaun Hamilton and Cortland Sutton. That's their receiving core. Their quarterback is Drew freaking Locke. Drew Locke is a good quarterback. Young guy. And if everything goes right for Denver, they may have just picked a franchise QB. Say what you want. Attack me. Go ahead. Shut me off if you want. But Drew Locke made a really, is a really good quarterback. He's got a lot of potential here. He's only going to get better in his sophomore year. I think he's going to have the biggest rise compared to other quarterbacks like Daniel Jones, Gardner Minshew, uh, Dwayne Haskins. All those guys are not going to be on the same level as the other guy that you're going to watch. Drew Locke is going to have a better potential if they build up certain positions. So the receiving core is really lacking right now. They've got Melvin Gordon, and they've got Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman all together in the running back position, all in the backfield. Perfect. Wide receiver core, you're lacking. And then if you look at the tight end position, they've got Noah Fant. Noah Fant, I love that guy. Dude is going to be the next great tight end in the league. Guarantee you. Now you've got Three guys. You got Cortland Sutton, who's a great receiver, great young guy. You've got now 
Noah Fant, who's emerging as a, one, of, one of the great tight ends in the league, and you've got Deshaun Hamilton, who's a solid slot guy, and I don't really like him on the outside. Now, they're also saying defense is a possibility to try to get at the linebacker position. I don't see it. But, you know, anything could happen. So this means that Denver is probably going to go for a receiver. Who would that be? Well, if you're trading up to the number 10 pick, we're going to assume that's what they're doing. They're taking Cleveland's pick at 10. So they're going to trade out, which now puts the Broncos at that spot. They're going to go for a receiver, but who will be available? I think you probably see CeeDee Lambs on the board, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs. So you got two Alabama guys, and you got the guy from, from OU, Oklahoma. Who would you choose? I like CeeDee Lamb a lot. I think he'll be gone before they get the chance to take him. Jerry Judy will still be on the board. Henry Ruggs will still be on the board. For the Denver Broncos, competing in a division like the AFC West, speed kills. Speed is what wins because that's how the Chiefs made it so far. They had a speedy team. They had a really quick team that moved fast down the field. They're going to need the same thing. Denver's going to need the same game plan on the offense. That's why they have Gordon. That's why they have Lindsey. That means they're trying to move fast. They're trying to score fast. So to put with Cortland Sutton, you're going to want a fast receiver. And if that's what you're looking for, I would take Henry Ruggs. I think Henry Ruggs is the guy. Denver's going to want somebody like Henry Ruggs to run for them. Dude's, dude's lightning quick. Easily can run a 4-2. Um, and I'm, I'm talking like in the 4-2, 4-3 range. He's, he's one of the fastest receivers in this draft class, if not the fastest. It's between him and Jalen Rieger. Henry Ruggs easily is the smartest pick. You want a guy that's fast, you want a guy that's going to catch the ball, and he's going to create separation so he can even so he can create an open window for Drew Locke to throw into. That's what Ruggs is going to bring to you. Him, I'll give you an example. Broncos play the Giants. He's matched up against James Bradbury or DeAndre Baker. And he goes and runs on a he runs a post route real quick. He runs like a 10-step makes the cut. His speed off of that cut, the acceleration you're going to see is going to make him burn DeAndre. And he'll make the catch and he'll get the first down plus more. A player like that has so many options. And I think Henry Ruggs to Denver makes sense. Him and Cortland Sutton together give Drew Locke a chance to succeed with Noah Fant and Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon and then O-line that's mostly reliable, thanks to Dalton Risner, who's going into his sophomore year now in the NFL. Denver has a lot to work with. And I think it's something that they're going to keep an eye on. Now, the other possibility I did look into, just keep this in mind, they could go cornerback. If they go cornerback, it would mainly be because they lost Chris Harris. They need somebody to sub out for Chris Harris Jr., they're going to need a receipt, another corner to go with A.J. Boye, who they got from the Jaguars in the trade. So possibly you could see them trying to get C.J. Henderson if nobody else takes him. But that would make no sense because they're behind the Jaguars. They would have to hope that the Jags don't take him and they take somebody else, which is possible. They could take a receiver, which is smart. But they, I don't know if they will. If Henderson does fall to them, they will take him. Because that's something they're going to need. Henderson and Boye together, whew, you are not burning mile high. 
you will not burn past mile high. But again, I think receiver is the most likely selection and decision for the Denver Broncos. Those are the three teams. The three teams most likely to trade. The Falcons, the Seahawks, the Broncos. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, If you guys haven't already, follow me on Twitter at TStatsman. We just broke a thousand followers on there. Massive achievement. I just got to say thank you to you guys who've been listening and supporting me throughout everything for the last few months. Um, It's really much appreciated. Um, There's times I've had doubts about keeping up with this and you guys just reaffirmed it. So thank you guys so much that that it means a lot. It just told me that I'm meant to be doing this, meant to be doing a sports career. So thank you guys so much. Follow me on Instagram at v.sideline.statsman as well. We'll have another episode up on Monday so we can start off our special for draft week. And we'll see you next time. Have a great day, everybody.